Fran fam, what's going on? Listen, before we start this podcast episode, I have a very, very small favor to ask of each and every single one of you guys. I appreciate the support that all of you have been showing for the podcast up until this point, but we want to try and get these episodes out to as many people as possible. And how we do that on the audio side is by leaving a review and dropping a five-star rating. So if you've been a consistent listener of the pod, please, before we get this episode started, it only takes a couple of seconds, leave a review. It could be a two-word, three-word, four-word review or just leave a rating do something to get the word out so that we can get the marvin francois show to more listeners moving forward outside of that love you guys appreciate the support but without further ado let's get into this episode what anybody should be focusing on if you're a new investor new home buyer you should be focused on your education how much of home buying do you know meaning do you know all the loan programs do you know how to calculate your, your, your debt to income ratio do you even know how to look at your own income from an underwriting perspective, do you understand the neighborhood that you're looking to purchase in? What developments are coming in the neighborhood? What's the average days on market for the homes in the neighborhood? Right? Mm-hmm. Like these are things that you should be educating yourself on if you're going to buy a house, whether it's your primary residence or a vacation home. Right. right? Investment properties goes the same way, but you got to do a little bit more due, due diligence. How do you analyze these deals? Do you understand what the what the what your catch on cash is going to be? Um, do you understand the expenses if you buy this investment property? Do you understand how to get it, the deal funded and what are the different options to get the deal funded? Mm. Do you know how to raise capital if you need to use OPM and other people's money to have a capital stock? Right? There's things that I believe that you should be focusing on more so than versus is the market going to crash? That's the amount of entrepreneurs that are struggling to get their business funded because their personal credit isn't where it needs to be. Now you can look into alternatives like corporate credit cards and vendor accounts, but the truth is the easiest way to get access to five to six figures in funding is to have good personal credit. As an entrepreneur, the stress of trying to build a successful business is already enough as is. So why work harder than you need to when you can simplify the funding process by getting your credit restored? My company, Takeoff Financial, has served hundreds hundreds of entrepreneurs just like you by helping them avoid the pain of getting denied for business funding by restoring their personal credit and we want you to be the next one. So click the link above or below this video to secure your free consultation and let's put you in position to get you funding that your business needs. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Marvin Francois Show, your number one source for all things business, finance, and investing. And today is a very special day because our guest today is a real estate specialist. He's one of the co-founders of EYL University, host of the Rant and Gems podcast, and one of the premier educators in the real estate space today. With over 20 years of experience, he's provided free value information to aspiring home buyers and investors galore to ensure that they have the blueprint needed to thrive in this industry. From funding well over $1 billion in home loans to educating our community through his best-selling books, House Hackonomics, and the Real Estate Investors Manifesto, his track record shows that his success in the space is not a coincidence, it's confirmation. Ladies and gentlemen, from Queens Get the Money, New York, I'm here with the one, the only, Matthew Garland, better known as MG the Mortgage Guy. What's going on, family? How are you? Yeah, I got to clap it up for that one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I got to clap it up for that one. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to have to use that intro for myself. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. For sure, man. You know, I had to roll out the rag. You got got entrepreneurial royalty coming through. So, you know, you got to make sure you get everything together. How are you, brother? Man, I'm alive and blessed, man. Thank God for another day. Uh, I appreciate the, the warm welcome to your show. 
And I'm looking forward to having a great conversation. Let's do it, man. Let's do it. Yeah, I'm extremely excited to uh, have you on as well. I've known about you for quite some time since I've, you know, ventured into the space, even with me not being in the real estate game, because whenever anyone talks anything real estate, if your name doesn't come up, it's probably not a conversation that's worth being had, to be quite frank with you. So I knew for me, having this platform where I'm educating individuals about business, finance and investing, I've had a lot of people come on here and talk about real estate, but I got I got I had to get the one. And the only to come on here and really give the game on top of game to my people. So I also am extremely excited to get into this conversation. But before we do that, I know that I did a pretty, I did an okay job introducing you, but nobody knows Matthew Garland better than Matthew Garland himself. So for those who aren't familiar, let's get them familiar. Who exactly is MG the Mortgage Guy? Good question. Um, MG the Mortgage Guy. I mean, you said a lot about me um, in that intro, but I would say, look, I'm, I'm a father, you know, first and foremost. I have three beautiful kids. Um, I love my family to death. And, um, you know, I'm a businessman. Like, I'm I'm here to uh, make money. I'm not not-for-profit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, right. I, I, I'm here to make money, take care of my family, but also do it with integrity and character. You know, I don't believe in... Um, I'm a type of person, like, I've been taking advantage in my life. So I do my best not to try to take advantage of nobody. You know, keep your karma clean, as to say. Um, but you know, overall, I'm just a good guy, man. I'm just a guy that's like to have a good time. I like to, you know, party and bullshit just like everybody else. I like <laughs> to make money. I like to, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just a regular old guy, man. I'm just a guy who has a, a certain, uh, intellectual property, a mm -hmm. certain superpower, and I'm just using my superpower to, for, for good and not evil. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, so yeah, but that's just me in a nutshell to know me is to love me. I love it. I love it. Let's dive a little bit more into that, you know, because once again, you are known as MG, the mortgage guy, one of the premier names in the real estate space. Let's backtrack and, and go back a couple of years. Right. What exactly was your introduction to the real estate space? Good question. Uh, my introduction, I came into real estate with not the idea of being an investor or anything like that. You know, in, in this day and age, I think everybody, when they hear real estate, they automatically think investing. Mm hmm. You know, portfolio, flipping houses. I wanted a job. Mm. I wanted a career. I just wanted something that I can go to work and make a make a good living for myself. Right. And when I discovered the mortgage business, I was at a crossroads in my life 20 plus years ago. And my best friend told me about the mortgage industry. And this is before you can go on like LinkedIn or even, you know, Instagram or any of these platforms and you can see job offerings and stuff like that. So my best friend was like, yo, look in the paper. You'll see jobs with loan officers. At the time, I didn't even know what a loan officer was. I didn't know what a mortgage was. And, but he told me, he says, the sales position, and you know how to sell. Mm. So that was my introduction, just looking in the paper based off a conversation that my, my best friend told me. And I saw there were a lot of loan officer jobs. I was already doing sales and stuff like that in my, in my young career. So I said, why not? I always thought you needed a college degree. I don't have a college degree. But when I saw that you, you didn't need one, I said, okay, this could be for me. So I went on a couple of interviews, got hired. And that's how I came into the, the mortgage business slash the real estate business is just getting a job. And that's why I try to tell people all the time, if you're looking to get into the business, you don't have to jump out the window and be an investor. Go get your license. Do transactions. It's the best way to learn the business and also make a living. So you're earning while you learn, so to speak. Mm, okay. Okay. You, you mentioned, of course, at the time when you got into real estate, you weren't necessarily looking into, looking to get into real estate. You were just looking for a job. 
you know, but fast forward 20 years later, man, you have you have left your print on the game. I'm curious to know what is what would you say is the biggest thing that you've learned about yourself as a man just navigating this real estate space from when you started up until now? <laughs> the biggest thing I learned is every it's a season. Everything's a season. Um, here today, gone tomorrow. Always be flexible. Mm. You know, most importantly, always be flexible. Do your due diligence on everything, right? So real estate, if you really look at real estate, it applies to everything in life. Mm-hmm. Like everything, how you have to approach real estate, your mindset, how you have to analyze deals, how you have to do your research, how you have to really take your time, how you have to invest into yourself. Right. Right. Um, so real estate, I can't say there's like one big thing that I've learned. Mm-hmm. From real estate, I can tell you real estate changed my life. Uh, real estate changed my family's life. And um, it, it's a blessing to to be able to serve in this real estate community and, and be considered one of the top professionals in the community. Right. Um, because I, I know my messaging is about building wealth and home ownership and, and investing. It's not, you know, I don't show the glitz and the glamour. I don't show the lifestyle. You know, you may see me have a good time from time to time. But, you know, you're not going to see uh, but so much right. from, from me. So, you know, real estate is one of those things, bro, where it's like I've learned so many different important life lessons that I couldn't pinpoint it to just one thing. It's just how I approach real estate is how I those those like the, the methodology, like you have to approach real life with it. Too. Right, right. I love that. So let's 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 talk real estate, right? Because that's that's the name of the game. That's that's your bread and butter. I want to dive into the market, and you know, this is coming from somebody who is not an investor, who is not seasoned. So I'm I'm essentially deferring to you and your expertise with a lot of these different things that I'm looking to learn about. Just doing some research into you. One of the things that you talked about when navigating earlier on in your real estate journey, you referred to the time, I believe, when you had first gotten to the space as, and correct me if I'm wrong, the Mm -hmm. wild, wild west days, right? Yes. So I'm curious to know, you know, being decades in the game up until now, could you talk a little bit about some of the key differences that you are seeing in the real estate market today and the real estate game today compared to what it was when you first got in when it comes to acquiring property and acquiring real estate? Oh, there's a big difference. It's night and day. When I first came into business, you didn't need no credibility. <laughs> like you could have a 580 credit score and get a hundred percent financing and not even show your pay stubs. Mm. So, like, you gotta Crazy. really think about this is why I call it the wild, wild cowboy days, right? Because when you really think about things like that, it's like that does that even make sense? Right. Right. Like I, I'm giving somebody four hundred thousand dollars and I'm not even checking their ability to repay. But that was the market. When I came into um, the game, if you fast forward to today, yeah, you're going to have to qualify. You're going to have to show, you're going to have to have skin in the game. Mm-hmm. You're going to go through underwriting, like, and they're going to underwrite you. And anybody who's been through the mortgage underwriting process, you understand exactly what I'm speaking about. They're going to ask for multiple documents. They're going to go back and forth with you. So it's a big difference when you look at the way we approve people from a lending perspective between the wild cowboy days 20 years ago to today. And that's why if you follow me, you will always hear me say, I don't think there's going to be a market crash because of that underlying factor that we had back then is it's not existence today. It's not here. Mm-hmm. So 
Yeah, it's a big difference, bro. Like, back in the day, it was a complete shit show, if you really think about it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it was a complete, like, disaster waiting to happen. Like, if I know what I know now, then, oh, I would have been stacking like crazy. I wouldn't have spent, I wouldn't have been spending a penny. Right. Because I wouldn't be able to foresee, like, oh, no, it's about to hit the fan. Let me run this up while I can. Right. But being young in the game, you don't know that. And but this is why now I can tell you what's the biggest difference now between then and now is this. What we're doing right now today, the conversations we see online just from real estate alone mm-hmm. in our community, it's never been like this before. Mm-hmm. So now we as a community are a lot more educated. We didn't grow up, people didn't grow up teaching us about houses and credit and mortgages and all these things that we speak about on a regular basis now. So if I had to point point, what's the biggest difference between then and now is this. We are in still premature stages of the information and technology era. We haven't even scratched the surfaces. When I first came in this business, 03, you got to think about it. It was even no Facebook. Mm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Facebook's one of the largest companies in the world. Like, you got to really think about it. So, and that's when, you know, got to think, 2003, what was right before that? Y2K, 1999. Everybody right. thought the world was going to end. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, so the information and technology era, decade over decade, for the past 30, 40 years, has been growing and growing and growing, but it's still nowhere near where it's going to be. Right. So if you look at, the difference now, we just been over the past 20 years, technology has scaled to such a high level where it gives us these abilities now to educate our people, for people to get educated, to spend more time researching, to know how do I get the answers for these things? Mm-hmm. How do I do this? So now I think, and that's another reason why I don't think there's going to be a crash, because the consumer's more educated. They have more information. They're able to make wiser decisions. People are more conscious like, so there's so many differences if you really start breaking it down, not just from a lending perspective, but just a worldwide perspective period, especially if you're talking specifically to the black and brown community, like this wasn't here 20 years ago. So that's why I really feel like we are, we are in a position to scale our wealth um, better than any generation before us. I love that. I want to I want to talk I want to talk more about what you had just referenced, which is, of course, the market. Right. Because once again, for myself, as someone who's watching the real estate game from the outside looking in, I feel like every time I go on social media, every time I watch anything now related to real estate, all I keep hearing is the crash is coming, the crash is coming, the crash is coming. And you're essentially saying, nah, I I highly doubt that that's going to be the case. What exactly is taking place right now within the real estate market to where you have some individuals who are looking and saying like, hey, the, the crash is around the corner versus yourself who. Essentially, you're saying, like, no, we don't have to worry about that. There is no crash that has come on the way. No, there's no crash coming on the way. I mean, look, do I have a crystal ball that I can really sit here and say 100% there's, I guarantee you, no crash? No. Right. Right? Anything can happen. Anything is possible. I just look on the side of optimism versus being pessimistic. Now, I'm going to tell you the truth of what I feel, of what I'm seeing in the market. So if I see the numbers going down in a rapid place, and I, and I see signs of it, then, yeah, I'm going to tell you, like, yo, this, this thing about to hit the fan, y'all. We might need to chill. Mm-hmm. But I don't see that, so I'm going to give you my POV. 
I, and I also don't want to crash because I, I understand firsthand how that impacts families. If the market crashed, that means hundreds, hundreds of thousands of people are going to get laid off. Right? So you got to think about what happens during the market crash. People get laid off. People lose their jobs. They lose their homes. Children get displaced. There's a lot of negative that happens with market crash. So I don't want to put that energy in the universe either, especially if I'm not seeing the signs. Right. So for me, yeah, I'm being optimistic too at the same time. Like, shit, why would I want the market to crash? Mm -hmm. Yeah, can it go down a little bit? Of course. Cool. No problem. And it has. So that's what we're seeing right now is a correction, a much-needed correction. Homes appreciating 20% annually for two plus years straight. That's not normal. We all know that. It's not normal. Mm -hmm. 3% normal. 5% normal. 1% in certain areas, normal. We're going back to those days. But appreciation is still appreciation. Whether it's 1% year over year, 3% year over year, 5% year over year, home prices are still going up. Mm -hmm. To this day, as we're recording this right now, year over year, month over month, Home prices have increased. Although they have declined from all-time record appreciation highs, they still have increased. So what's going to happen, in my opinion? And we got 8%, 7.5% interest rates on top of that, and they're still appreciating? Come on, man. What do we think is going to happen when the rates drop? <laughs> More buyers going to hit the market. Mm -hmm. Prices are going to go up faster. That now, for me, listening to you break that down, it kind of brings me back to one of my favorite quotes. I've heard Wall Street Trapper say this. I don't know if this is his quote, but I've heard him say it a lot where uh, the line is time in the market is better than timing the market. Right. So with that being the case for you, I'm curious to know if I'm an aspiring homeowner or an aspiring real estate investor, how closely should I be watching the market when it comes to how I'm putting together my strategies for acquiring real estate, whether I'm on the home, first time homeowner side or as a real estate investor who's looking to get in the game or who's looking to grow in the game? Huh, good question. I, I personally think I agree with that quote, right? You can't time the market. You got to focus on time in the market, mm -hmm. especially in real estate, because it is a long term play. Whether it's your first home, your second home, your first investment property. Like, whatever it is, if you're talking about holding real estate, timing is irrelevant. It's how long are you going to hold the property for? Mm. Are you going to cash flow over this time? So what I think what, you, what anybody should be focusing on, if you're a new investor, new home buyer, you should be focused on your education. How much of home buying do you know? Meaning, do you know all the loan programs? Do you know how to calculate your, your, your debt-to-income ratio? Do you even know how to look at your own income from an underwriting perspective, do you understand the neighborhood that you're looking to purchase in? What developments are coming in the neighborhood? What's the average days on market for the homes in the neighborhood? Right? Mm -hmm. Like these are things that you should be educating yourself on if you're going to buy a house, whether it's your primary residence or a vacation home. Right. right? Investment properties goes the same way, but you got to do a little bit more due diligence. How do you analyze these deals? Do you understand what the what the what your cash on cash is going to be? Um, do you understand the expenses if you buy this investment property? Do you understand how to get it, the deal funded and what are the different options to get the deal funded? Mm. Do you know how to raise capital if you need to use OPM and other people's money to have a capital stock? Right? There's things that I believe that you should be focusing on more so than versus is the market going to crash? Or I'm focusing on 
the people who are putting out that type of content and now you're getting distracted, right? Everything is a, a distraction. Like I put out a quote the other day, right? Mm-hmm. It's from one of my my favorite, favorite, favorite um, Bible verses, right? And I'm not going to get all like, you know, biblical <laughs> or anything like that. But it's Proverbs 12, 11, right? Those who work their land will have abundant of food, but those who chase fantasies have no sense. Mm. Right, so if you are working your land, you're going to have an abundance of food. Period. So working your land is building your foundation, focusing on the fundamentals, focusing on your mindset, focusing on building your team, like really working your land. Right. But if you get distracted by the foolishness, and you chasing the foolishness, and you letting the foolishness get to you, you're being distracted. It's all a fantasy then. If you're sitting back and you over here, quote unquote, educating yourself, but you're still not going out here and executing or trying to execute or putting yourself in positions to be productive to execute, then you're chasing fantasies then. Mm-hmm. Right. So I want people to focus on what is the what is the, what are the activities that's going to give me abundance in my life? Mm-hmm. Because if you work in that land and you you're going to have an abundance of food. So I'm going to focus on working my land. And if I know I'm lacking in areas, then I need to study and focus on those areas and then go out here and execute. So, and if you're not ready, stay on the sideline. It's okay. Learn. Like, don't worry about the FOMO. Just do it when you are ready to do it. Right. So there's so many things you can focus on, but every different strokes for different folks at the end of the day. But those are some of the things that I would tell people. I tell people all the time. It's just kind of stay within that and you'll be okay. I love it. Diving more into that, let's talk a little bit to those individuals that are still on the sideline who still are educating themselves and really want to get the full scope of and just full scope of the real estate space and just are continuing to try and get as much knowledge as possible to get in. First, speaking to aspiring homeowners, right? Um, I know one of the more popular programs for individuals who are looking to purchase their first home that I, I hear all the time, whenever I hear anything real estate, is the FHA program. Um, I'm curious to know a little bit more about that and just the inner workings of it, because I've, I've heard it broken down on a couple of different platforms. I really want to understand the nooks and crannies of it here and now. When we talk about the FHA program for people who are aspiring to buy their first home, what exactly is that program and how does it work? So FHA, Federal Housing Administration, um, people think it's a first-time homebuyer program, but it's not a first-time homebuyer program. It's a primary residence program, mm. which gives you the, the ability to put down as little as 3.5% down payment on a single family all the way up to a fourplex or a four-unit um, building. But it just has to be your primary residence. FHA requires lower credit score requirements. You know, some bankers will go down to five, 580. Some brokers and bankers might go down to 560, right? So you can have lower credit scores and still obtain financing. Um, so FHA is like all mortgages. It's a tool. A, a, t- a mortgage, in my opinion, is a tool to build wealth. Okay. So for me, if you're looking to build a house, you're just not going to use a hammer. You're going to have other tools that you need to build this home. And that's how I look at mortgages. Is VA loans are different from FHA. FHA loans are different from conventional. USDA is different from all of them, right? Everything has its own nooks and crannies. You know, I can't sit here and tell you the entire guidelines of FHA during a podcast interview. But what I will tell you is it's a great tool to use. But 
like anything, you have to do your research to see if it's right for you because it might not be right for everyone, right? And this is why we have options. So learn all the tools, whether it's FHA, conventional, VA, USDA, whatever it is. Learn it and see how you can use it to your benefit to buy real estate and ultimately scale your portfolio if that's something that you want to do. Got you. Diving more into that, um, I know that, you know, like I said, when it comes to just individuals who are trying to get into the real estate space, FHA is one of the more popular programs. You mentioned a couple other ones just now. What are some of the other programs that if I'm an aspiring homeowner that I could also look into beyond just the uh, FHA program that I should be taking into consideration? Well, I think everybody, every um, first time homebuyer should look into programs like NACA. You should look, check your local county um, and and see if there's any first time homebuyer grants or closing cost grants or, you know, even they have sometimes uh, rehab programs where you can get grants for rehab as well. Check with your employer, especially if you work for like the a hospital system or even government jobs like working for police departments, fire departments. You know, if you're RN, you know, check to see what type of perks and benefits you might have from your employer because there's always a lot of benefits out there that people are just leaving on the table, you know, and look for these type of programs and and, and see, hey, how, what are the qualifications for this? And does this, could this help me acquire the piece of real estate that I'm looking to buy? So there's so many different local programs, grants, stuff like that. You might go through a little pain and suffering trying to get them, but if you got the patience, it could work out in your favor. So look for every program. Like I said, this is a toolbox. You got to look at this as a toolbox, and I got a lot of tools, Mm -hmm. but you're not going to know what tools there are out there if you don't start looking for them. So my advice is go to Google and start putting keywords like first-time homebuyer grants in Detroit, Michigan, Mm -hmm. or Queens, New York. And whatever county you live in, use those keywords for the county that you live in. Be specific when you're talking to Google and Google, and they'll bring up the information right there. So then it's just a matter of just clicking on links and, and reading and getting the contact information to call the people. Got you, got you. Diving more into that, I'm 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 a big fan of playing the game of hypotheticals. I know a lot of the you know as you've touched on it just now, learning some of the different benefits that come with programs like the FHA, to where it's essentially making it easier for individuals to acquire real estate and even the NACA program, like you mentioned as well. I'm curious to know, is there ever, what are some of the different situations to where if I'm an aspiring homeowner, where it would actually make more sense for me to go the route of getting a conventional loan loan to purchase my first property versus FHA or, or going the NACA route? What is the, like to know what's the difference of like, what's better for you? Correct. Men lie, women lie, numbers don't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's real simple. You know what I'm saying? Like, you put everything side by side, and you you kind of look at what's the pros, what's the cons for this, what's the pros, what's the cons for this, what's the pros, what's the cons for that, and then it'll sell itself. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it's hard for me to answer that type of general question without knowing someone's person. Like, right. for me to really tell somebody, yo, go here. I would really have to know, like, their plan, DTI-wise, what they're trying to do. Like, I would need to know more information. But I would just say just compare the numbers, man. Got you. I want to talk about another thing that I've also heard you talk about. You, One of the things that you've talked about for individuals that are looking to get into real estate, you've talked about understanding the difference 
between eligibility and affordability, right? When it comes to purchasing a home. Can you dive a little bit into that? Yeah, because these people want their money. <laughs> they want their money, man. They're not playing. They send you that mortgage bill 15 days before the due date. Your November bill, your December bill going to come in two weeks. <laughs> Crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like, they want their money. So don't play with these people and their money because once you start missing pay, payments and stuff like that, your whole credit going to get messed up. So why put yourself in a position to live an unaffordable life and a temporary lifestyle where at any moment it could be taken away from you? Mm -hmm. So eligibility is one thing, but can you really afford it? Like, a bank is going to get you money. You come in, you a customer. Like, it's like a crackhead coming to get some crack. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if I'm a drug dealer, I'm going to serve you, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. Like, so, like, but I'm, I don't have to tell you, hey, if you do this crack, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, you might, you might hurt yourself. Right. Like, no, I'm serving you as a customer. Same thing with a the bank. They're going to come, you approve? Okay, great. We ain't going to tell you the bad and the ugly about home ownership, just go out here and do whatever you do and we expect you to be an adult and do your due diligence. Mm. Right? But if you ain't doing your, if you ain't paying your bills, they're going to take it. So you lose it for what? You, you ruin your credit, you lose your house, and you really just couldn't afford this from the beginning. So this is why I just try to tell people, and I'm, my mess is my message. I've lived that lifestyle. I know how it feels to lose everything. So like, it's not something you want. Like, being stressed over a house ain't worth it, my brother. <laughs> like, like nothing's worth like stressing out over paying your bills. Mm -hmm. Like it's not worth it to me. Like I'd rather not have it than deal with this this type of habit. Like I'd rather wait till I know I can I can get it and I can live and I can maintain it for a very long time. I don't want it for a season. You know what I'm saying? So. Eligibility and affordability, two different things, man. Make sure whatever you borrow, you can pay it back. 50% of businesses fail within the first five years, and 38% of those businesses fail due to lack of access to capital. But 100% of business owners who are watching this aren't gonna have that issue because I'm about to teach y'all how to bankroll your business. What's going on, family? My name is Marvin Francois, and back in 2020, I was a new entrepreneur with little to no idea on how I was gonna build my first successful business. But fast forward a couple of years later, I've been able to build multiple successful six-figure businesses by leveraging business credit and today I want to give entrepreneurs the game on how they can do the same. So this Thursday I'm going to be hosting my free bankroll your business masterclass where I'm going to teach you for how to go from having bad personal credit and little to no business funding to having perfect personal credit and access to a minimum of $50,000 in funding for your business. Spots are going fast and the clock is ticking so if you haven't already click the link above or below this video to secure your seat and I'll see y'all on Thursday. Peace. You talked about how your message, your message, and the reason why, you know, when you talk about eligibility versus affordability is because essentially, you know, you had a situation where you lost it all. What exactly happened in, in that in that situation? Was it a situation where you, it was a miscalculation in terms of what you thought? You, you thought you were eligible and you could afford it, but it actually wasn't. How, how exactly did you lose, lose everything? No, it was it was uh, it was no miscalculation. It was me being financially irresponsible. Like it was me. It mm -hmm. was nothing else. You know, like when you're making money, no one's going to tell you how to budget your money. Mm -hmm. And and even if they do tell you, it's on you to kind of listen and be disciplined enough to not let the money burn your pockets. 
And when you get stuff, it's like you can't go into the supermarket. It's not a good idea to go into the supermarket hungry. Okay. Go into the supermarket hungry, you might just leave out of there with $500 worth of, worth of stuff that you probably don't even need and half of it you're going to wind up throwing out in the, in the future. Right. It's like when you make money and you have access to get stuff, don't overdo it. Mm-hmm. Don't over leverage yourself because nothing's guaranteed. Like when I came into the business, I didn't know about market crashes and there was something on the horizon. I wasn't educated enough to know about that stuff. I just thought money grew on trees at one point in my life. It was because it was just raining down on me. Mm-hmm. You know? And at a moment's notice, that thing can stop. But if your bills are here and your money is, is here, <laughs> It, it's not going to work out good for you. So for me, bro, it didn't happen because of no miscalculations or anything like that. It worked out with me being financially irresponsible and not really understanding adulting. You know what I'm saying? And that's just the God's honest truth. So again, the mess is the message. I've been there. I understand what it is to be irresponsible. I understand what it is to lose in my life. Um, these materialistic things that we work hard for, I understand it firsthand. So when I'm talking to people and I'm saying certain things on the internet, I think it's important for people to understand, hey, this can happen to anybody. It's not, it's not a target. It's if you're not on top of your ish and if you keep letting these banks put you into more debt, more debt, more debt, more debt, like, yo, you can find yourself in a pretty bad position. You know, and it's, it's okay to do things slower. It's okay to have patience. So you don't need to rush everything. You don't need to rush the lifestyle. Take your time for the lifestyle because you'll be able to maintain it much longer if you do. You talked about, you know, the beauty in, in kind of going slow in the journey. I'm curious to know, circling back to what you had talked about earlier, when we talked about like the difference between where we are now when in the real estate game compared to where we were when you first started. You talked about one of the biggest differences being information, right? We're in the age where information is more accessible than it's ever been. I'm curious to know, in your opinion, do you think for a lot of the individuals that are either in the game and are looking to have longevity in it that are rushing and trying to get, you know, to a certain amount of properties or trying to get to a certain type of lifestyle in them being investors? Do you think a large part of that comes from also in the same way access to the information? Right. Because we're in a, in a day and age now where you you can open up your phone and find somebody who's half your age claiming to making claiming to make twice as much. Right, doing the same thing that you're doing. So, do you think that is also playing a negative role in people that feel like they gotta, man, I gotta get to ten million dollars in real estate, a hundred million dollars in real estate in the next two, three years, and I gotta have this many doors uh, before I turn twenty six or twenty seven? How big of a role do you think social media and just the information age that we live in plays into that? It's, it plays a major part in that. That's how most people are being introduced to wealth is via social media. See, when 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 I was coming up. There was no social media. So we idolized athletes, entertainers, drug dealers, rappers. Mm-hmm. So you see your lifestyle. You see what, like, that lifestyle of the rich and famous, so to speak, right? It's not accessible to you when I was coming up. But when you have now this, it's accessible to you at any point. <laughs> right. Like, at any point, I can, I can... I can just be speaking about wealth right now and go on my phone and then the algorithms will hear me and bring up cars and jewelry and women. Like, that's what it would do. Like, so it's so much easier to get distracted right now by the evils 
that you be rushing your own greatness and mm. you're trying to rush God's timing on you. And then you get frustrated because you're not where you think you need to be. And then that hurts your esteem. So what I want everybody to do, and this is even a message for myself, cut the distractions. Anything that's not feeding your brain or feeding your soul in a much positive way, if it's something that's like you got to get to the root core of things. Like, why is this bothering me? Why is this slowing me down? Why do I think of myself less than? And if it's social media because you're seeing everything, then maybe you have to cut social media your time down because it's hurting you in a negative way. And you have to be mature enough to take accountability for that. So, so yeah, I think social media is a big distraction. It's hurting a lot of people. And it's making people keep up not just with the Joneses no more. It's like keeping up with the algorithm, so to speak. And it's going to make a lot of people go broke. And it's going to hurt a lot of people. You said it's, you said that it's, that's something that you, you're still working through yourself, which is kind of surprising to me because, you know, for someone like myself who sees you from the outside looking in, I'm like, okay, you, to, for lack of a better term, you've made it, right? Like you're there, you're where a lot of individuals who are looking to have success in the space would like to be. And to hear that even at this point for where you are, having decades in the game, having the success, doing everything that you've been able to do, to hear that you still struggle with that is actually very interesting. Like, why do you think for you, in your case, that is? More money, more problems. It's real simple. Like, Big said it the best, and I didn't even understand that back then. More money, more problems. The more money you have, the more problems you get, the more distractions. The distractions become bigger, right? Like, now when you have money, you have the ability to now go out and do all the foolishness that you see. Mm. So now you have your discipline has to be down to such a, a, a higher level because now you have to c contain yourself now, right? So that can be, a, a, that's not easy sometimes, right? Because you get into a mood, you're just like, hey, man, fuck it. <laughs> like, I just want, like, you know, I'm in one of those moods. Like, we're human. Mm -hmm. So just because you think somebody, quote unquote, made it or something like that, that don't mean they, they stop being human because they might have or they appear to you as someone who's at this high level, this and third. Nah, I can tell you, a lot of people that are in my positions or even higher, they still, like, in their mind, they're nowhere. Mm. Like, so the same demons, so to speak, that you're fighting when you're when you grinding is the same as you, because st you're still grinding. You're not stopping to grind. You're not retired. Like, you're still out here. Like, you hit one level. You, all right, it's another stair. I got to get to. And you still, as you keep going up, now your problems become bigger and bigger and bigger. Your distractions become bigger and bigger and bigger. Like, you got to think about it, bro. When somebody hits you up and you know you can't, like, I can go do this right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, when you like, damn, Vegas does sound good. Right. That's a distraction, bro. Mm -hmm. You got to really be like, nah, I'm a chill. I'm going to keep calm. Should I go? Then you just like, yo, bro, all of these things become a distraction. And that's why I'm saying you have to have that like that mindset, that maturity, that discipline to say no, to say no, because it's hard. And then you see, again, we're all looking at the same things, so to speak. We all just because you might have been on your grind and you love the, the hustle, you love the flashiness, the lifestyle, you work hard to get it, especially cats who come from the hood. Like we work hard 
to have money and clothes and to be able to live a lifestyle that we want to live. This is like you win in championships. Like you mm-hmm. live in the life that you've always dreamed. So when you get to that level, you better have it under control because you can speed out of control quick. Mm-hmm. Like, and then you look back like, damn, I done effed up some ish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, what did, what did I do here? I, I got to redo my joint. So like, yeah, I'm telling you, man, every man and woman of success is going through it just at a different level than they were when they were broke. It's great problems, though. I ain't going to hold you up. And I, and I keep it real with the audience. <laughs> like, the more success you become, your problems become greater because what I have to learn to do, right? <clears throat> Let's get into some real shit. Let's do it. What I have to learn how to do is I have to be thankful for it all. Like, everywhere we are is because we prayed for it. At some point in our life, mm-hmm. we prayed for the people that are in our circle. We prayed for the people that are not in our circle no more, not to be because you want people, you don't want certain energies and things like that. And these things in life just happen and you don't even know sometimes like why it's happening. It's because you prayed for it. Mm-hmm. And it's coming to universal and God is rewarding or not rewarding or stripping things from you, people, places, and things from you that don't need to be there. You just got to have the, the mindfulness to say, yo, let me, am I going to listen to this or am I going to just ignore it like it's not even happening? Because it's happening in front of all of us. So everything, everywhere we are is because we wanted it to be. We all manifested. You manifested that you wanted to podcast, and interview certain people. Now it's starting to happen for you. Right. You manifested and prayed for growth in your profiles and your brand and you want to do this. And you're putting in the work. Mm-hmm. So like, you have to develop the mindset to just say, you know what? I got to be thankful for it all, no matter what the problems are, no matter what's happening, no matter the people, places, and things that are coming in and out of my life. Like, yo, I got to find the lesson in this and the blessing at the same time. So that's what I'm really, even more so now today Mm -hmm. than anything, is I'm learning how to say, yo, what is the lesson in this? What's the blessing in this? And how can I move forward with whatever the situation is to be a better me, better whatever the situation calls for? So as long as you do that, everything will be fine. But it takes, again, a mindset of you now accepting, accepting this. Because if you don't accept it, you're just gonna, it's going to go one in and one out the other. Mm. Mm. I feel like for a lot of people to get to that place, it's usually just that that place of just being grounded and, you know, being in that frame of mind. It really comes from uh, getting yourself to a state of mind either where you are. It's either as a byproduct of you kind of just reflecting on where you've come from, being appreciative for where you are or just being so locked in on where it is that you're going. So for you, kind of just listening to you break that down the way it is, of those three, which one would you say is the biggest contributor to you being in that frame of mind now? Is it kind of reflecting on where you were, you know, before when you weren't, when things weren't as good and, you know, you were just figuring it out and trying to put two and two together? Is it you kind of internalizing where you are now in your journey, not just as, you know, someone in the real estate space, but just as a man, right? And as a, as a human being, 
or would you say it's more so towards more so a byproduct of where you know that you're headed and a lot of the milestones that you're still working to achieve? It could probably be a combination of everything you said. Um, it's a, I would think it's a combination, man. Like my trials and my tribulations, like everything, like I said, everything that I go through, I'm growing through. You know what I'm saying? And I, I understand my value. Most importantly, that's probably the most important thing. Mm. Understanding your value. Understanding like who you are. Mm -hmm. Where you where you have the potential to go to. Mm -hmm. What what could you be in five years, three years, hell, two years, right? That roadmap, that trajectory, like, and understanding your value as a person is where, even for me, bro, it's like, that's the golden ticket. Because if you, if you love yourself to the highest level, nothing else can stop you. Because if you're loving yourself, the energy that you're going to project out there in the world is just going to be nothing but good love and good energy. And everything is going to come to you in the right way it's supposed to be. So only thing I need to do is just keep my karma clean and just keep moving. No matter the tough battles, no matter what I'm going through, it's just like, yo, I know my karma's clean. So just keep going. Because what's going to be for you is going to be for you. And if I know if I put it out there, I know I can achieve it. If I see someone else do something, bro, like I know I can do the same thing too. I just have to keep moving forward and I just have to understand it might not happen at the time that I want it. It might not happen as fast as I want it. But if I keep working on that, it's going to happen. So I think it's a combination of everything, man. What I've been through, what I'm going through, what, I, what I've been through, what I'm currently growing through and what I know and what I see for my future is what gets me to where I'm at right now. Listen, if you're an entrepreneur struggling to get funding because of your bad credit, then this video is for you. You see, I understand that when banks deny businesses for funding, they're not just denying businesses the capital they need, but they're also denying business owners the resources that they need to build the business of their dreams. And as a business owner, I've seen this happen over and over and over and over again, but I want you to know that there's a solution. Because here at Takeoff Financial, we've helped countless entrepreneurs just like you go from having poor personal credit and not being able to access funding to having perfect personal credit that they were able to leverage to access five to six figures in funding, and we want you to be the next one. So click the link above or below this video to secure your free consultation, and we'll see you on the other side of success, family. Let's talk a little bit more about the future then, because, you know, like you said, you've already accomplished so much for where you are now at this point for the work that you're still putting in and the impact that you're still having, what, what, if, whether it's one, whether it's 10 of them, what exactly is the goal now? What are you working towards? Is it about impact? Is it about income? Is it about, you know, getting to a certain place, you know, internally, what would that be for you? Everything you just mentioned. I'm not a one person, you know what I'm saying? Like as many, as many ways to me, as many levels, like, like, being a better person is always top top priority, right? How can I be a better human? How can I, how can I, how can I not be the negative things about me? How can I correct those things that I feel like yo, I need improvement on? Always 
always improving, right? Should always be everyone's goal, right? You can't stay the same or you will never grow. So without that self-development, that self-preservation, first and foremost, nothing else. Like I said, love, even loving yourself the right way. You can't love others. You know what I'm saying? If you ain't loving yourself. So like all of these things, that's where I see myself going is continuing to build on the foundation of Matthew Garland. Because money, success, real estate, businesses, that all comes and goes, yo. It's here today. It can be gone tomorrow. So I used to have these big lofty goals about these things. Now, my goals, to be honest with you, be a better person, be a better father, be a better um, brother, nephew, future husband, like father to the people that really love me the most and the people that really care for me the most to really build stronger, tighter relationships with my foundation. That's my only goals right now. Business-wise, I'm working, bro. It's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Like, whether I'm making $10 million a year, $50 million a year, $5 million a year, $1 million a year, shit, 500000 a year. You know what I'm saying? Like, thank God. Because the people ain't making nothing. Mm-hmm. So for anything that I come in, obviously, the more the merrier, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. But I'm, I have to be thankful for it. I have to be grateful. And I have to figure out to keep it consistent, you know, um, growing your businesses and growing your brands and, you know, doing all of that stuff. It's important. Mm-hmm. Right? We all have these goals of where we want to be, but are they as important as your foundation? And what I've come to the conclusion just for myself, because I've been so focused on business and branding and all this other stuff for years is like, that's not more important than the foundation. Mm-hmm. Like, if my foundation is solid, like I said, those who work their land, they have abundant of food. Working your land is the foundation, bro. And as long as my foundation is solid, as long as that is where I, I need that to be 10 times stronger than any business could ever be, bro. Mm. Like, so I think as entrepreneurs, hustlers, we're on the grind. We gotta, we can't forget about our foundation and the people that are in that foundation to make you stronger and stronger and stronger. Because without that, none of this matters, bro. Hmm. Yo, <laughs> you got me doing some introspection on the, on the damn episode myself. When we talk about that foundation, um, once again, we all know who you are as, you know, MG, the mortgage guy and Matthew Garland, the man. I want to speak to Matthew Garland, the father. Um, cause I know, I'm not sure how many, I know you have a daughter. Do you have any other children outside of that? Yeah, I have three kids. Got you. How big, how big of a role is fatherhood playing? Cause it, it sounds like you're just in a space right now where you've been doing a lot of introspection as of late and really just analyzing things from a different perspective. How big a role is fatherhood playing in that, right? Because a lot of times, I'm not a father, but just having conversations with men who are 
And they talk about how that relationship that you have with your children kind of just puts that mirror in front of you as a man and makes you ask yourself a lot of questions and think about a lot of things you weren't thinking about before. Has that been the case for you? Absolutely. Uh, fatherhood is the most important thing. Like we, we, we're not doing all of this for our house. You know what I'm saying? We're doing it for the children mm -hmm. and for their children, right? That's the legacy play. So, but what I would tell you is, yes, I'm doing a lot more inner work because over the years of you hustling, you grinding, and this, this, that, and the third, and then we, I went through a separation with their mom. So, like, all of these things have played a major toll into where I'm at right now because I understand what it is to be gone now, to sacrifice time mm -hmm. with family, of that nature. And what I had to realize is, wait a minute, none of this other shit matters is what I'm telling you. It's like, it's that foundation is being more present. Like, you can be present, but you're not present. Right. And a lot of busy entrepreneurs, they go through that. You know, you go through that because you're so in grind mode. You're so in, like, yo, everything's a grind. And you tend to forget, like, no, wait a minute. You got to slow down. You really, if you're going to put time in with the children, you got to really put the time in the children. You got to be really present. So all of these are the things that, for me, is the highest level of importance is now to slow down a little bit. Like, all right, I, I'm in a good position. I don't need to be everywhere. I don't need to do be in every room right now. Like, what's going? What's more important? Should I go to this room or should I stay home and be with my children? Right? You got to, what's the most important thing? Like, this room is great, but like, is it really greater than what I could be doing? Right. And right. when you're in a grind, you don't really look at it like that. You're just like, I got to be here. I got to do this. I got to go. Like, nah, bro. Chill. <laughs> take, a, take a back seat and just put that time in and really develop a relationship. Because you got to look, I have three kids. Uh, 18, my daughter, my oldest, who's in college. My son, he'll be 16 in December. Hmm. Baby boy, she just turned nine. Right? So my, my son, he's about to be out of here soon. And I'm going to have two in college. These kids were just born. Hmm. <laughs> now they're going to college. Like, they're grown. Your kids leave, y'all. And we take that for granted. When they're small and little, and you're like, oh, they're growing up. Oh, they're going to be 12. Next thing you know, they're 20. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's right. like all the years go, and, and, and at a blink of an eye. So as now having, a, you know, my daughter as a, a freshman in college, it's like, wait a minute, hold on. College? Like, you in college? Like, when this happened? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, just like that it goes. So it wakes you up. It wakes you up. It's like, all right, let me really buckle now because they're growing to a point where I'll never be able to get this time back. Mm -hmm. So you can get money back. You can, spend, you can blow a bag. You can do all these other things. You can have a great time. But you can't never get time. Time is our most important asset. So it's like the biggest thing is time. So just being a father, being with my family, being with those core individuals, as I said earlier, that is more of my focus right now. It's to really sit still with them and redevelop and re-strengthen all of these different relationships with my core. Because I spent so much time building relationships with other people. I need to build it with my own. Do you believe in seasonality? Because I was actually having this conversation with someone the other day where we were talking about like 
how an entre- the the ongoing conversation in entrepreneurship is like, is there such a thing as balance about like how I can give equal amount of time to my business and equal amount of time to my family and equal amount of time to me? I'm a proponent of like, I think it's just, it's just seasons, right? And for you, you're right now, you're in a season where it's like, nah, it's family over everything, right? And there may be other seasons where it's like, nah, it's, it's grind mode. I got to put certain things in place for for the bigger picture, p- bigger picture. So for where you are now and just your your previous experience, would you say it's more about balance or more about just understanding the season that you're in? Prioritizing. <clears throat> I don't think you can balance anything. It's almost impossible. If you are trying to run it up and be successful, you're going you're gonna to miss time. You're going to sacrifice there's success and sacrifices and it's, it's the same word to me. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So like, you're going to have to sacrifice time with family, time with kids, time with this, time with that. But you're going to have to prioritize them too. And anything else that you want to do. And that's what I had to learn the hard way is like, yo, you can't walk a tightrope with this. You can't be one foot in, one foot out. It's not like I got to be both foot in with you for the amount of time that I'm with you. And then when I'm not with you, I got to be both foot in, feet in for this particular project. Like, even like we're doing this podcast right now. I know I got to block out and I got to prioritize. I got Marvin. Mm-hmm. There's no other end. I agree. Boom. I have to do it. You know what I'm saying? So it's a priority during that time. And it's the same thing when you have family, when you have kids. Is you have to prioritize. Because when you start trying to balance, it's like you overbooking yourself. Like, you can't balance all that shit. Just block out the time appropriately. There you go. Listen, as we begin to, because I know we got to get you out of here, and as, as we begin to wrap, normally whenever I close out my episodes, I always like to speak to individuals that are on the come up and trying to figure things out. But just listening to you unpack everything the way that you did, I want to speak more so to the people that are already there, right? Because you once again, you know, for every one solution is 10 problems. So once upon a time, your problem was, all right, I'm on the grind. I'm trying to get some money. Boom. Now I got the money. I'm having success, but I'm not get prioritizing the things that I should be prioritizing. And I'm a thousand percent involved in my business to where my relationship, my personal relationships are failing. My kids aren't seeing me as much as I need to. to. My, my spouse isn't seeing me as much as I need to. Just speaking to that person from you to them, whoever they are watching, watching or listening to this episode right now, if you could leave them with closing words and speak to that individual to really give them something to think about and really force them to kind of look at themselves and say like, all right, I got to go back to the drawing board here and and do some internalization myself and really understand what truly matters for everything that I'm doing. What would you say to that person? Take the time to do it, right? If you know, we know when something's wrong and something's off with ourselves, right? It's not that I'll be going to ignore it, are we going to take action on it and make the necessary changes that we need to make? And for me, what I had to do is hold myself accountable and stop deflecting. Say, you know what? It is me. Mm. I am the problem. It's like when you go to AA meetings, they always say, make you say, I am an alcoholic, right? Right. You have right. to admit to and hold yourself accountable in order to heal. Mm. You have to hold yourself accountable for your BS. You have to hold yourself accountable for your lack of of ambition, your lack of desire, your lack of passion, your Mm. your, your lack of work ethic. It's not everybody's fault all the time. Right. Most of the stuff that's wrong with us is because of us and no one else is doing. 
Right. So my encouraging words will be just get out your own way. Get out your own way. Um, me, for example, I like to do things the hard way. Pause. <laughs> I like to, instead of me, you can tell me, yo, if you just run straight, you're going to run into a million dollars. Just run straight for a mile. You're going to run into a million dollars. I'm the type of person I'll take the detours, right? I won't go straight. I'm like, nah, I don't trust that. Let me go this way, right? It's like I want things, I make things harder than what they actually should be. But I am learning flow, not force. Mm. Flow, not force. Stop forcing these things because it's not going to work if you continue to force it. If you let it flow and you have the patience for it, right. you get out of your own way, it will align for you the way it needs to align for you. But you got to hold yourself accountable first. You got to do the work internally in order for you to get to that level to really, you can really recognize and not and stop beating everybody else up around you. Take it 100% action and ownership and now executing or making those corrections so that way you can now start progressing. And also, slow motion is better than no motion. Facts. Slow motion is better than no motion. If you got motion, then you are, you're all right, man. Because mm-hmm. if you keep, it's like the tortoise in the hair. Right, we all know that world famous race, the tortoise and the hare. Obviously, the hare is much faster than the tortoise, but the tortoise won. I'm winning. It's just because the tortoise had a steady pace, has slow motion, has slow motion, and at some point in time, the people were speeding. They're gonna run out of. They're gonna run out of gas. They're gonna hit a brick wall. That that race is epic to our lives. We the same way. We are the tortoise and the hare in our own situations. So you gotta ask yourself, what would you rather be? Speed now, crash crash sooner or have the longevity and have slow motion but at least you got motion and if you keep that motion going you're going to end up to where you want to be mg i appreciate you greatly brother thank you for coming on and for an incredible conversation man i was not definitely wasn't expecting to see this side of you but i appreciate it because it definitely has forced me to do some introspection here and now on this call for myself as well not just only as a entrepreneur but as a man um, let the people know where they can find you and how they can stay tapped in with you. Yeah, man. So now nah, I appreciate you having me um, on, on your show. I like to have real conversations, not just real estate and stuff like that. That's important. But I think before we even get to building wealth, we got to build our mindset. Mm. Um, our mindset is the most important asset that we have. Without our mind being right, nothing else is going to be right. Uh, it doesn't matter how much money you make. If your mind ain't right, it's all for nothing. Right. So um, how you guys can tap into me, MG the Mortgage Guy across all platforms. You can go to mgmortgageacademy.com for my community, uh, EYL University for uh, the bigger community. Um, yeah, just social media. Uh, I was about to say YouTube, Rants and Gems, on audio, uh, and just tap in. If you want to learn about real estate, you want to learn about mindset, uh, you know, these are the conversations I like to have and on my platforms, I'm going to continue to have them, um, especially the, 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 the mental health of things. So I think that's just more important than the wealth, right? So tap in with me, man. And again, thank you for having me.
Man, yeah, I got some value out of this. Most definitely, because I I know I damn sure did. And I'm I'm sure as hell they did as well. Thank you, my brother, for coming on, and thank you to every single person that's been a part of this episode. If you haven't already, what are you doing? Take a second, take a minute, take an hour out of your day right here, right now. Just go ahead, subscribe, show the episode some love, and as always, we appreciate each and every single one of you guys for tuning in from the top to the bottom of the episode. Make sure you guys tap in with MG for any and all things, not just real estate related, but also mindset as well. Um, as always, I'm Marvin Francois. MG, the mortgage guy. Y'all have been good. We've been great. This has been amazing. And as always, thank y'all and God bless. Peace.